0: have a small box of books that we're going to give to the first people who write us and say, I love Emily Barnes. All you have to do is say, I love Emily Barnes. Be sure you leave your hard address and we'll send you a book. Harvest House publisher, who was Emily's and my publisher for years, gave us a box of books to give away in honor of Emily. So it'll come to your door if you want it. Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We read the welcoming prayer for most of the year. I love that prayer. If you do not have it, we have it on our website. It allows us to welcome everything, except everything that comes to us through the course of the day. I don't know about you, but a lot of changes happen every day in our world you know we moved that was eight months ago you know I've been living without a kitchen for eight months yes yes you may feel sorry for me but I want to brag a little bit I have a kitchen sink as of yesterday ha a kitchen sink with water water comes out and and then you can put a stopper in the sink and water can stay in there and you know what it's big enough to put a whole plate in I know I absolutely cannot tell you how wonderful this delay has been in helping my thankfulness and gratitude. I'm not sure I've ever told this on air, but I'm going to just a brief version of it. But many years ago, my husband and I were engaged with some people who were helping um, a young woman who, if I remember right, she had three or four children. Her husband had been what is a kind but disgusting word. He was disgusting and he treated them badly and they had to run and hide. And they were hiding in a very, very inexpensive motel. The mama, I think there were three children and they had a little like a burner for a stove and a, a little freezer refrigerator. And so David and I brought some things and one day, one of the little girls had said something about dishes. Uh, I don't know how she said it or or any of the details of it. The only thing I remember about the whole piece was the next time we went, we brought like seven or eight plates, just an assortment of plates. And if I remember a bowl or two and a cup or a saucer, it was an odd assortment. And I can still remember that little girl... She took the little box and unpacked it and laid it all on the bed. And then she counted every piece, like the cup was one and the saucer was two and the plate. And then she looked up her mama and she said, we have 13 dishes, mama. Not a set of dishes, not 13 place settings of dishes, but 13 dishes. And she was so thrilled with that. And I think, oh, Lord, give me that thrill. Give me that thrill for the smallest and most important things. And David and I have been um, not in harm's way in any way, but we are um, closing in on the fact that we are about to have a kitchen. We have a refrigerator and a freezer. We have a sink. And hopefully by the end of the week, we will have a stove and an oven. We're grateful for that. I'm not ever as grateful as that little girl was but I pray that I will be. And one of the things that I note about my own active life in faith is that it it requires some investment. And we're talking about being known, Psalm 139 a few days ago, knowing the book, like these practical things that we know. Can you say the books of the Bible in place? And, and also knowing... Um, how to study the bible and the various kinds of studying the bible so today i just want to spend a few minutes on what mm, looks like study reading and devotional reading okay so study reading and devotional reading that there are two kinds of reading that's those are my terms for it study reading and devotional reading and study reading is studying the scripture is a high priority Um, interpretation what it means when we study we're seeking to gain control of the material to learn it we uh, need to repeat it because the Word of God is new and changing but it is studying it is listening to the word voice of the Lord and knowing what he says it's repetitive it's repetitive Mm, regular direction and repetitive reading of the scripture helps us to know it. In the seventies there was a book written called Psychocybernetics and it said if you do anything for twenty one days in a row, it can be your habit. Practice it. Practice reading the Bible. Twenty-one days in a row. Read through the Bible. I'm going to read through the Bible again. I haven't done it in a number of years. I'm going to read through the Bible in a different version this year. It requires concentration. Learning is vastly different when we focus our attention on the subject and we're learning it. We're we're reading it to learn it. We're studying it. We're not just reading it to say, hmm, that feels good. Okay, that's good. And I'm done. Or I read my five verses. Or I read my one psalm. Or I read, this is studying it. This is studying it repetitively with concentration and comprehension comprehension is really important. Do you understand the insights that these passages are giving you? It leads to discernment. We all have discernment. Well, discernment is a spiritual gift found in 1 Corinthians 12. It is also a gift of wisdom. We gain discernment by Geico. Garbage in, garbage out. What do you put inside of you? Are you putting the word of God inside of you? Matthew tells us that we are reminded of it when we don't even know we have it. Has that ever happened to you? It has happened to me many times. All of a sudden I'm speaking to someone and it comes out of my mouth and I think, I know that verse. But if you had said to me, okay, quote that verse or quote that concept, I could not have. But I have taken it in because I have studied it. And I've studied it with repetition and concentration and comprehension, and now it's mine. And the Spirit Paul talks about the Spirit in First Corinthians chapter two. And I'm going to read that verse to you. First Corinthians chapter two, verse thirteen. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. The Spirit of God is within you, and what you take in, even though you can't stand up at a spelling bee and recite every verse you've ever read, you can take it in, and when you need it, the Spirit will bring it to your recall. And then lastly, reflection on it. Ruminating, pausing, being quiet. Reflection can bring us God's perspective on this passage. I remember studying the book of Job. Uh, Really? Job did not seem to me to be a good book for reflection I mean don't we all know the whole story that 40 plus chapters Job loses it all Job gets it all back oh wait a minute what's all that in the middle and I thought how do we reflect on this kind of material it was profound to have this study relationship with the book of Job I did that study years ago And it often comes to my mind because it is within me. Now, let's talk a little bit about the devotional kind of reading. Now, this is a quote that I keep with me at all times. Um, I never go anywhere without this whole quote. And I think I've memorized it, but then I start to say it and I don't. And it's quite long and lengthy and every word is so perfectly placed. I don't want to forget it. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. Do you feel that way some days? I do. I do not know the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. My favorite, favorite part. The desire to please God does in fact please him and I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire and I know that if I do you will lead me by the right road though I may know nothing about it therefore will I trust you always though I may seem to be lost and in the shadows of death I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone The desire to please God pleases God. Do you have a desire to please God? I am astounded at the thousands of women who I have had the privilege of intersecting with one-on-one over the last 35 years. How many women say to me that phrase, I want to please God. Maybe that was a desire. I want to please God. I feel like I try to please God. It's my desire to please God. It's my high priority to please God. And, and yet they find themselves in quagmires. And yes, we're going to get in quagmires because we're human. We are becoming perfect. We are not perfect. We are becoming perfect and we will be made perfect when we see him face to face. So I think what we need to consider then is knowing the word of God for the study purposes, for the knowledge, for the deep understanding. And in that reflection part of our study process, we get closer in communion to God. But I also believe that, like a lot of things in our world, we get stuck in one way. We get stuck in one way of reading and studying. And I think they're the big four, the big five things that all of us who say we love Christ do, we read the bible maybe we don't study it but we read it we pray we go to church some of us give some of us serve you know the big four or five things that everybody says we can do and i think that those are good things don't ever misunderstand me but i think that the reading of the scripture can also have a very personal way what i call a devotional way of reading the scripture and that way also has four steps to it, or four rhythms to it. And the first is reading and listening to the Word of God. The second is reflecting on the Word of God. The third is letting the Word touch your heart, letting the Word touch your heart. And the last is contemplation. Now, what do those things mean? Well, it's a rhythm, and there are four rhythms to it. And I have been practicing this myself For many years because I discovered that in my walk of faith I had a lot of information. Woo baby! I was reading and taking courses and uh, studying and teaching and from my eyebrows up and if you were here in studio you would see that I have my left hand like I was saluting from my eyebrows up in that cranium which is very big. All of us have big craniums and we can take a lot in. I was stuffing it with information. Oh, yes, the information was touching my heart often, but I wasn't concentrating on the three phases of loving the Lord, loving the Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my body. How do I do that? Well, my heart was the one that got the short change, and so I hepped upon this kind of devotional reading, and I began to do it, so I want to give it to you very simply, take a passage of scripture and I'm going to give you a passage just one if you want more passages uh, send me an email and I'll send you six more Mm -hmm. Isaiah 30 18 through 21 okay Isaiah 30 18 through 21 here's the things you're going to do one read it aloud three times you say there's no one in the room, why do I have to read it aloud? Because I want you to gather all of the senses that God gave you. So you're going to speak it, and you're going to audibly hear it. Two, you're going to meditate on it. Now, let me say to you what I do, okay? This is, when I say meditation, remember that the scripture tells us that we are to meditate. I know for a long time The church was very careful about using the word meditation because that word really had been taken over by Eastern meditation, which is not at all the same thing as meditation on the word or with God. But in Psalm 1-1, which is my granddaughter's psalm, it says that we are to meditate on the word day and night. Meditate on the word. Delight in the law and meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it. Let it speak to you. So here's, here's what I do. I look at the passage, which is always a very short passage. Remember that. It's a short passage. Few verses. Don't make your devotional reading two chapters because you'll miss the point. I look at the few verses, and I read it aloud. And the first time I read it aloud, I let that spirit that lives in me that Paul talked about, I let that spirit, like, make a word or a phrase just jump out. Like, it's just going to jump out. And it's going to be, ah, You know what my little sideline is? I say, it feels like someone took a neon marker and underscored it. And the second time I read it through aloud and hear it audibly, I see it's the same, oh, most often the same phrase. Sometimes, the phrase is not a phrase. It's a word. I remember reading a few verses and here was the word. It was how. How. H-O-W. How. But I had come to devotedly read the scripture and have a meditation time with God. And what God was talking to me about was how. How do I do that? How did I do that? How am I going to make things different? How? And there was this one word contained in this passage. The third is take what you've read and make it your own. Make it your own prayer. Give thanks for it. Lament over it. Ask forgiveness over it. Whatever the passage is saying to you, not in context, not by the author, not what the author is spe- who the audience, not that it's Old Covenant or New Covenant, this is devotional Bible reading, not to be substituted for study, but to add it as an augment. And then contemplate. what does contemplation really mean? Contemplation really means is being quiet. It means being quiet. It means, as Eugene Peterson says in the message, keeping company with Jesus. Have you ever walked along the beach with someone and not said a word? Just not a word. Not a word. And yet there's a union. There's a communion. Have you ever sat so long with the word and Christ? And it's as if he were absolutely physically present. Can you hear his voice audibly? Some people tell me they can. I know this, that God and I early on developed a system between he and I, a name that he calls me, and a way that he makes me know that it's really his voice and not all the other voices who are competing. Now, remember that studying the word of God is important. Knowing the book is important. Knowing the book that we might be known is important, but nothing can substitute taking time so that the word is prayed and contemplated and trusted. A man who wrote these words and saying that devotional reading is the most traditional way of cultivating friendship with Christ. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about. Abraham, friend of God. Your friends that you have introduced me to. My friends who you're going to begin to meet soon. It is a way of listening to the text of scripture as if we were in a conversation with Christ. The spirit in us having a conversation about this subject. This daily encounter with Christ and reflection on his word leads us past the mere acquaintanceship, past the just simplicities of knowing about someone, but it leads us into a trusted friendship of love. This kind of conversation simplifies itself and goes from conversation to communion. And it is the goal of everyone who walks this face of the earth to have communion with God, union with Christ. We'll see him one day face to face and we will be united. So let's begin This kingdom of God that we live in here on earth, which will one day become the kingdom of God with him wherever that is. Let's begin the practices of having union with Christ now. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers, and I love talking to you about knowing the word, being known by the word, studying the word, reading it for devotions. Remember, The common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of creating a deep friendship with God.